You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one and welcome all. It's Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. Uh, got the year right. Uh, first time here uh, on the roundtable that we're in 2024. It is Tuesday, obviously, 8 p.m. Central Time. A few minutes late. Uh, you can blame Tony Catalina for that, telling us a story that we absolutely had to hear, but we'll save it for the offline chat. Uh, it is time for the weekly Blog and the Boys roundtable. You can listen to this show on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. If you do, you will hear the fantastic voices of tonight's roundtables. You can also watch us live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog and the Boys Twitch channel, or the Blog and the Boys Facebook page. You can, of course, catch the rewatch at these platforms at your own convenience. Like I said, you can hear these gentlemen across the Blog and the Boys podcast network. You can read their work at blogandtheboys.com, and you can generate at least this season see them on the blog and the boys roundtable this is kind of the core four uh if you will for the first time in 2024 let's go around the horn my name rjo joa tony catalina you are here congratulations on your fantasy football championship first time in 14 years 13 years 13 years yeah it was crazy it was it got embarrassing like i said i'm there's people that have won twice uh, pretty much everyone's won one except for me so to get off the get the monkey off my back it feels good uh, well, I'm a four-time champion in my league of record. Um, nobody's gotten to four, so I stand alone there. My dad won our league for the first time ever, so congratulations to Roy. Uh, very proud of you. Wish it had been me. I wanted that five-piece, but you know, it just can never happen. Uh, David Howman, if you could have five of anything right now, what would it be and why? Uh, I, I think I'd probably have to go with five episodes of The Office to watch because I know that Tony still hasn't watched any episodes of The Office, so I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, uh, Tony's been promising us roundtable after roundtable that he's going to watch it. Rachel's apparently into it. He's just lying at this point, Howman. I mean, that's that's really all it is. It's just pure, total, unadulterated lies, and I think we're all pretty sick of it. Danny Phantom, uh, if you could have five of anything right now, what would it be? Maybe it would be fantasy football championships because you yourself won yours. Congratulations. Oh, I don't know. If I could have five of something, uh, I'm not sure, but I'll tell you what, I am grateful for my new keyboard that I have. Uh, so... Uh, you, you, I've been doing the clunkety clunk, you know, as, as you've heard. We the know. Last couple, yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, well, my wife actually had spilt orange juice on my last one, so I had to borrow my son. So it was, that's why it was loud. But no, I have this, this new one. It's bright. The letters are big. It's, it's suited for me. So I'm just happy with one thing, and that's a functioning keyboard right now. Uh, by the way, you all missed the low-hanging fruit. I didn't design the question this way, but Ravi hit it right up, nail on the head. Five more wins, five more wins for the Cowboys as they're firmly not the one seed would, in fact, be a victory in Super Bowl 58, which is obviously uh, the main goal. Charles McFadder, though, on the book of faces just went selfish. I want, I would take $5 million, right? Like, just straight up. Uh, Zachary Maldonado chimed in. Why are you guys settling at five? $500 million, $5 billion. Like, why are we going so low with a measly $5 million? Um I guess before we kind of get to tonight's setup, uh, it's important to recap how we got here. Again, it's the first roundtable of 2024. It's week 18, the final week of the regular season. Tony Catalina, the Dallas Cowboys, who are 13-point favorites at this moment in time against the Washington Commanders on Sunday afternoon, they win that game. They're NFC's champions. They're the two-seed in the NFC. 
a week ago, this felt impossible. This felt like a fever dream. This this felt like way beyond. Like we were Charlie and and you know. Lucy was ultimately going to pull this ball out, but the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, Jonathan Gannon, they helped us out. Yeah, I got to be honest. I think a month ago, maybe even less than that, I I put a tweet out saying, like, let's just worry about ourselves. Like, let's not worry about what the Eagles got going on. Like, in my mind, the back of my mind, I kind of resided to the fact we were going to be the five seed. It just didn't seem probable, even though we knew it was possible. And a lot of things had to fall the right way, and the Cowboys had to take care of business when they did. And look at us now, one Washington Commanders game away from a two-seed. It's pretty crazy to think about. Halman, uh, you and I park our cars in the same garage on a lot of topics, and one of them is Mike McCarthy. We sing his songs all the time, uh, much to the chagrin of some other roundtablers who will remain nameless. But you and I, along with everybody, really, have kind of thought that the Eagles were not it this season. Um I know we, it's been annoying how long it's taken for you know the bottom to kind of fall out, but I think it was worth it. I think it was worth waiting and waiting and waiting because to have it happen the way it did against Jonathan Gannon was about as sweet as it could have possibly been for a fan base that ridiculed us for losing to the Cardinals for that to be the game that undid it all for them. Yeah, it was really just the, the best possible way that this could have happened. And not to toot my own horn, but a few weeks ago on one of these roundtables, I actually put it out there into the ether of like, yeah, they could, they could, the Cardinals look better with Kyler Murray back. And of course there's the Jonathan Gannon factor, not saying I definitely, you know, spoke it into existence, but I will take credit if someone wants to give me credit for it. Um, but really like just the, the way that this season went for the Eagles, like all, all season long, all these different games where they won it, you know, at, at the last second, or they had, you know, incredible turnover luck in one way or another. And, you know, us Cowboys fans were watching this the whole time and saying, there's no way it's going to last. It's, there's no way it's going to go the full season and there's no way it's going to carry through the playoffs and for it to happen like in this final month of the season. And, and even with the, with the like defensive coordinator demotion, Matt Patricia, the, the great Matt Patricia with his pencil on his ear, which doesn't make sense because he's holding a laminated play sheet anyway. I don't know what he's using the pencil for, um, but for him to like step in and the defense just gets even worse. Like, it's you know Eagles fans are absolutely spiraling right now and it's it's just been incredible it's been chef's kiss couldn't have asked for anything better so uh, as someone who group was born and raised in Arizona I gotta tip my cap to those Cardinals that's right uh, former NFC East members uh the Cardinals so you know nice uh, kind of historical presence that they have had this season uh with regards to the Cowboys and the Eagles Danny Phantom you were probably the most and I don't mean this negatively the most glum about Dallas's odds of winning the division you had talked about the loss in Philadelphia and how and and that held up I mean with all the tiebreakers it was going to take a miracle uh, for Dallas to regain control in a conceivable and practical way. And that miracle happened. It was incredibly unpredictable, yet here we sit, and everything the Cowboys want to accomplish is right in front of them. Yeah, no, I mean, basically after the, the loss to the Eagles, I was, you know, I, I still haven't recovered from that. But I'll tell you why I feel better now. But, I, yeah, I just kind of conceded. We're going to the five, and, you know, I started – that's when basically started looking at the scenarios and everything. Uh, I will say this, that the Philadelphia surviving, getting through Kansas City and Buffalo, they just weren't losing games during the hard stretch. So it's like, where are we going to make up ground? But then, you know, I think a lot of us weren't surprised to see them, you know, falter because I don't, I think that they just aren't as good as their record had shown. And and then sure enough, I thought it was going to happen next week against the Giants. I, I thought the Giants could do it on their, on in their, their um, home turf. So I thought it was going to come down the wire. I, I didn't count it out. Um, and I, I thought there was still a chance, but I'm so glad that we get to go into the the, the last game with control of our own destiny. Now, just it just completely changes the dynamic of this week. 
Uh, it does. The vibes are great. It's fun to kind of have control, know that, not be depending on this, that, or the other. Um, I think we're all feeling really great as 2024 begins. And in the spirit of that, no longer the Christmas spirit, but whatever spirit you want to call it, we have the normal band back together. Tony Catalina, can I get a ring a ding 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 ding? Because tonight is double points ding, night. Ding, ding, That's ding, right. Ding, ding. Everybody <laughs> in the chat, whatever points you're going to hand out, it is a double point situation for our roundtablers tonight. You hand out five points be weary that is 10 going to the person you're awarding them to if you hand out 10 points that's 20 i don't need to do the rest of the math for you if i do then we have a very big problem on our hands uh danny phantom do you feel like this hurts or improves your chances at winning the round table this evening i feel that it does nothing yeah i mean that's like literally true but you know for the purposes of like the fun and the you know moment you can oh, like, it, oh it really changes everything it's definitely going to make things um Either oh man, it's so hard. I could go on one hand. Over here. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I can't decide. Uh, Watsumata notes Halman that inflation has reached the round table. Those you know the the economy. That's what we're just trying to do. Halman, keep up with the rising economy. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's you know to to the question that you asked, Danny. I think I think my chances of winning just doubled. I think I think that checks out. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's the response that we were looking for right there. All right, so uh, to get the night started, uh, Halman, you received five points from the crowd. You received five points from me. Tony, you had five points as well. Danny's still sitting on a goose egg. This is where we're at. Tony, 10. Halman, 20. Danny, zero. But a long game to go. Tony, do you have something you wanted to add? Are you excited? I'm, I'm excited. You know, I, I think uh, I'm a man of the people, so I think this might be a benefit to me. I right, double Danny, points that did not impact me. I'll just say that with my uh, score. Well, Brian wants to give you two and a half to round it up to five. I don't want to do that. I want to make the math simple for myself. So, Brian, I'm just going to round that up to five. I'm going to give Danny 10. That's the way this evening is going to roll. Uh, sorry, I don't make the rules. Uh, these things are sacred around here. So here's the point total at this particular moment in time. We're going to get to playoff uh, chat in a moment. Rick says, hi, guys. I'm at the airport. Rick. Put the phone down, go through security, take the belt and the shoes off. Be cool. Don't be the person that holds up the line. We all hate that person. Uh, by the way, Ravi says, Tony for president. All right, here we go. Um, all right, let's um, let's do this thing. Tony Catalina, thoughts on Lyle Collins returning to the Dallas Cowboys. Signed with the practice squad on Tuesday afternoon. I think uh, Danny made a good point on Twitter. It's It's not like a... It's not a big move, right? It's not a huge move, but I, but it's a move that I understand and respect nonetheless, right? It's you, you need some depth, and I had talked about it and sent a tweet out myself saying, uh, you know, depth in the playoffs is a lot different than the depth in the regular season, right? You're trying to develop young guys and trying to give reps to the guys in the regular season while trying to win games. Now you get in the playoffs, you need people who could step in and possibly help you in a pinch right then and there. Like, I think they feel a lot better about you know, a possible Lel Collins, you know, plug and play than they would maybe Danny's boy, Awesome Richards or or something of that nature where Chuma Doga might be able to get you through a week 13 matchup, but they don't probably love the idea of it in the divisional round. So you, you kind of kick the tires on some old friends, some guys that you know have played the game and played it at a high level at some point. And uh, from everything they say within the mothership, they say that he looks good physically. He, he passes the eye test. And obviously, football shape is a lot different than how you look just walking around the halls. But um, as far as the move goes, zero risk, zero, you know, minimal risk whatsoever and, and a big potential reward to have another depth piece in the room. Howman, um, the fallout with Lyle was pretty public and he was out of shape and didn't exactly go well. But there was a point in time where 
most of us lambasted the front office for just cutting him and moving on. And that was the offseason of Amari Cooper and Randy Gregory. It was a very difficult time, but he was fairly beloved in the locker room. I mean, Dak Prescott's been a huge supporter of his. So at the very least, I mean, if you're trying to establish a high floor of environmental energy, this works out in that capacity. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much the the main thing that they're adding here. Obviously, there's you know, getting him for depth purposes with all the experience that he has, the experience specifically that he has in this locker room, but also just, I mean, he was well-liked in that locker room for the most part. Also the fact that he, you know, used to be a starter here, specifically with Terrence Steele, obviously he hasn't had his best season. It's been kind of up and down. This kind of, kind of creates like a, you got to look over your shoulder. You really got to step up now because I, I don't think the Cowboys are necessarily saying to Terrence Steele, like, hey, we're bringing this guy in and you got to step it up or else. But it definitely has that effect to some degree because Steele is the one who beat, you know, Collins out for his job. And now they're bringing Collins back and he's like, well, I got to step up. And, you know, obviously Collins has some of the positional versatility to you. He, he played guard back in the day. Um, but, you know, for, for me, as far as like this move, it, it, it does for me what double points did for Danny. I, I'm not getting too excited about it. Um, it it's, it's a nice move. And like Tony said, there's really no risk here. It could pay off dividends if, if they end up meeting him. But at the same time, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I looked at the practice squad the other day too. And like, I forgot Martavis Bryant was on there too. Like when that happened, we were all like, Ooh, Martavis Bryant, like, what's he going to do? And we haven't seen him yet. So I, I feel, I can't really get too excited about uh, Lyle Collins coming back to the practice squad, but I like the move. Yeah. Danny, this feels extraordinarily low risk. I don't want to say potentially really high reward, but I mean, the, the potential return on investment stands to be significant, which is, you know, a very good thing. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I'll tell you how I feel about this move. I, I don't feel very good at all. And I tell you the reason why I don't feel very good is because to me, what I, what I heard is we're not quite sure what's going on with Tyler Smith. And I, because I mean, look, they got TJ Bass, who, by the way, did a really good job, you know, in the in the game. And they have Chuma. They have options. Uh, but Ty, Tyler's kind of that Swiss Army knife kind of where he can do this and he can do that. I mean, he's also the the answer that, you know, to for depth on the on the tackle side. So he's an important piece. Uh, what Lyle's going to do, I mean, come on. I mean, he's a cap casualty with, with the Bengals. I mean, I was one of those people that was not – Sad at all when he's gone. I mean, we, he was cap casually with us. He was one of the players in the, when that whole all the stuff was happening that I would miss the least. Um, and, and look at, I mean, he was released this year and he's coming off an injury. I, I mean, I don't know what, what he he hasn't played. Don't know what to expect. He's just a typical, you know, Shaq Leonard practice squad signing that really. I mean, you shouldn't be getting too excited about. Now he's familiar with the Cowboys and he's been playing next to. Zach Martin for a long time. And he's, you know, he did play some left guard in 2015. So, I mean, that's good. And I don't mind that, you know, for depth, that's okay. But I mean, I'm, I'm not excited about it. And it, to me, it's a little bit more like, I wonder what's going on with Tyler that, that carries the most water with me. I think it's fair to potentially, uh, try to read the tea leaves and, and wonder whether there is, you know, more at play. Uh, but Tony, Michael Watson chimes in on part of what Danny says is we have Chuma. I think that is the problem. I, I think that, you know, this, this is just about like not, not trusting. And you had a great tweet about this earlier, Tony. That's like playoff depth is a very different thing. Um, and so no offense to Chuma Adoga, but 
if the Cowboys are in the division around against the Eagles or the Lions or something like that, and it's like, oh, man, we got to put in Chuma Doga. I think we're all 10 out of 10 panicked. Not that we feel better about Lyell, but that might be like a 9.5 out of 10 as opposed to 10. Yeah, that, I mean, that's you hit the nail ahead, and you know I appreciate you bringing up the tweet, but that's kind of what it is. It's like, okay, you, you saw what we have here, and TJ Bass is doing some in- interesting things, but – you know, I don't know how they if they look at it and be real with themselves, like undrafted guy who's played you know minimal snaps all year, or or a veteran who coming off an injury, if he looks halfway decent, or you, you hope you never have to see these guys, right? But you want somebody who has some skins on the wall to go out there and possibly play. Now, Lyle Collins can end up being nothing. Um, more likely than not, like you know, Hamman said about Martavius Bryant, we haven't even seen the guy, but uh you, you try to bring in like a Damian Wilson, somebody to come in and, and you look and say, Okay. There is some depth there, this experience. Can we get anything out of these guys when it matters most? Uh, Howman, by the way, a lot of questions about Damian Wilson. No update on that. So um, Damian Wilson, for now, um, his biggest story ever involved with the Cowboys is that time he, sh- he got shot in the eye with the paintball. Anybody remember that? Yeah. It's a long time. Uh, now, now that you bring it up. Yeah, uh, that was crazy. Uh, that was one of the opening remarks of training camp. Like it was like, "Oh, hey, the season started." One of our linebackers got shot in the eye with a paintball. So, um, only the Cowboys. Um, so, Howman, I liked this comment from David Smith. Says, "Is Lyle Collins coming in as the short yardage back?" Um, you know, that could have been Connor McGovern, by the way. Once upon a time, um, you know, so not out of the realm of possibility, I guess, for the Cowboys. But Howman, uh, the New York Jets moved on from one running back on Tuesday in Dalvin Cook. And Tony Catalina was one of the people tweeting out like, hey, I mean, I look, should they do this? I think they should do this. I think they only know. That, that, was, that, that was how I read it. Um, Howman, if 10 is like, absolutely got to have it right now, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid and Jingle All the Way with Turbo Man, a level of want, um, where are you at on Dalvin Cook, 1 to 10? I'm probably at like a two, maybe a three. Um, you know, in in the off season with, when Dalvin Cook was a free agent, and you know, every single fan base wanted him, and like no NFL team actually wanted him. I wasn't really, you know, too in on him. Um, you know, all respect to Dalvin Cook, but he is kind of, you know, the example of, you know, one of many examples of running backs and how they have such a short shelf life, and it's very hard for them to get that that next contract after they've hit a certain threshold of carries and usage and. You know, even even in his time with the Jets this year, like he hasn't, you know, really looked all that special. Um, you know, and obviously there's a whole other bunch of things happening with the Jets to why they're not super successful. But you've seen Brees Hall has been good in the, in that offense. Dalvin Cook hasn't brought the same type of juice. Um, you know, not to burst Tony's bubble because, like you said, he was just like absolutely fully a hundred percent endorsing, right. like absolute must go get him. Um, but. I mean, I wouldn't hate it, you know, just like the the Lyle Collins move. Like, if they add him to the practice squad, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna say like Stephen Jones is terrible. Like, we we gotta get him out of there, but it's not gonna really move the needle for me either. Especially because the running the running game issues that the Cowboys have seen has not been Tony Pollard really. It, it's the offensive line is getting beat by better defensive linemen. Um, you know, people talking about like Deuce Vaughn didn't really play well, but he also was getting stuffed like on his two carries that he had. So. I like the running backs. I just don't always like what we get from the offensive line on those running plays. Yeah, Danny, the run game is, I mean, mediocre would be like the best version of it, you know, lately, but I don't it would know. Be that false. Dalvin... <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I don't know that Dalvin Cook really helps at all. I mean, you know, he doesn't have a, a level of skill right now to, to be able to survive all of the other environmental circumstances. 
That's true. And I mean, and what Hellman said is is right. I mean, it, he's going to have the same problems. But I, I'll tell you what, I am a little bit in on this one. And the, the reason for this is because I feel like, obviously, the, the Deuce Vaughn experiment needs to just, just go away. I mean, we like him and stuff, but I mean, I don't even People know. People wanted what... to take Jordan Lewis's number and give it to him. Jordan Lewis, who was a hero. Uh, I, I get it. He he was fun to watch in preseason. We <laughs> didn't know, and uh, but I think that it's clear now that he just doesn't have a, a a significant part of this offense. And I'm actually disappointed that when you know Rico's has been battling some injury history. You know, it's been a struggle. So I've been worried about preserving his health. I think he's been playing. Fantastic! I wanted Rico to get more of the the, the dirty yards, the short yardage stuff. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't want to just like you know pound him to the ground too, because I know that he is is tough to keep healthy. I was kind of wondering where uh, Malik Davis has been. I would like to have seen him a little bit. I thought he would have a chance this last week, but no. So to me, I wouldn't mind seeing seeing Cook because I don't want to have nothing behind Pollard, and I think that rico and dealing with injuries he's i mean one play away from just being unavailable so give me dalvin cook is a veteran back he's not going to be like any type of game changer type of you know derrick henry trade type of thing player but he does give the cowboys a more physical presence and i do think they're missing that i i you know i watched that lipke handoff and i you know what he's so focused on trying to get through a, a wall that's that's there that he you know he's not paying attention to what he should be doing first. I feel like there's a big issue with the Cowboys with trying to get through those small creases. And I think Dal Dalvin Cook could help there. So, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I'm a little bit buying on this. Tony, uh, Danny said that Dalvin Cook could offer more physical presence. In some senses, he could offer just a more actual presence. I mean, because, again, they're, they're so thin just, again, from a quantitative standpoint. Um once again, you were like, this has to happen or I will renounce my fandom for the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, go ahead and explain why you feel that way. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. my thing is, yeah, like I said, it's I the tweet I put out, one of them, I, don't, I think it references like the day that they bring Lel Collins in and Damian Wilson in to look at is not the day that I'm going to shut down a Devlin Cook conversation, right? <laughs> like we're, we're, we're talking about two guys that it's like we're talking about way back here. But no, I mean, for me, I, I'm kind of with Danny, like. You might as well just kick the tires on it, see what you have there. Like, I've been Rico Dowdle's, like, biggest fan, you know, for the last couple of years. But injury history, you just missed the game. Um, He does bring a juice level, and he plays well when he touches the football. But I don't – I mean, I'm not expecting some type of playoff Lenny type of situation. But, like, what's the difference between, like, him and, like, a Leonard Fournette type of spark in there where you, all you need is five or six touches maybe. You know what I mean? Like, Rico Dowdle – He's bringing something, but you can't trust on, can't lean on it. I can't believe I looked at it today. Malik Davis doesn't have a single carry all year. And then Deuce Vaughn's like averaging like a half a yard a touch. It's just, it's, yeah. And I think the legend of Deuce Vaughn has grown into bigger than the reality of Deuce Vaughn. So I just, outside of Tony Pollard, who's had his struggles this year, and to Hamid's credit, a lot of it is the offensive line and some of the scheme and how it isn't working, but this running game isn't working. So if Dalvin Cook wants to come here and he wants to find a way to be on a playoff team, I'd kick the tires on it, see what he can bring, and it's not going to cost you a whole lot to do it either. Hellman. Well, first off, Tony, you missed the opportunity to say the legend of Deuce Vaughn has grown larger than Deuce Vaughn himself. Um, so that, <laughs> that the same height, so. great line. <laughs> um, but I was going to say too. I mean, you know, bringing in Lyle Collins, bringing in Damian Wilson. If if we're you know going back a few years to get guys of position of need for running back, like. Let's call up DeMarco Murray. He's a coach at OU. It's not like he's doing anything at this point. They just lost their bowl game. So, you know, he's available. What's what's he doing? 
Um, Ryan Williams. I was trying to think of like random people when we were doing the like Lyle Collins, Damon Wilson jokes, and Ryan Williams was the most like obscure recent name I could think of uh, at running back. I thought that dude was going to be so awesome. I mean, just what's Lance Dunbar doing? Or that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, we could, you know, we can go any number of different directions uh, here. Thank you, Brian. uh, Thank you, Brian, for the super chat. Uh, Everybody follow Brian on TikTok. And Todd Cowboy says, re-sign Zeke the moment the pad season is over. Unfortunately, Brian, the NFL rules don't work that way. Uh, But, um, I mean, I don't think that the Cowboys miss Zeke, you know, Danny. It's just, you know, and for what it's worth, and I I saw some chatter about this on Twitter, Tony Pollard is 935 yards on the season. And I'm not going to sit here and, like, tell anybody that he's had a great year. But, like, he's probably going to be a 1,000-yard rusher, which, again, in today's NFL is not like, you know, what it used to be. But it's nothing to sneeze at. You know what I mean? It's just it hasn't felt great. And he obviously hasn't really contributed much in the past game either. Yeah, I, honestly, I think people are too hard on, on Pollard. I mean, there's there's some plays where you're kind of looking at what's he doing here. Um, but, I mean, there just hasn't been a lot of room to run. If you look at the five good runs the Cowboys did have on Saturday, um, you know, he was breaking the arm tackles. He was running hard. And so he was, he's, he's trying, but they're just not giving him any opportunities. And I, you know, do we miss Zeke thing? I, I will answer no, because I don't want that to gain any traction. And there, but I will say this, I think we might miss him a little, uh, maybe not his salary that much, but I would, there would certainly place where with the Cowboys goal line struggles this year and just struggling trying to punch in the ball um, where I, I wouldn't mind having Zeke. I mean, he's, he's, he knows how to lower his shoulder and get through and, and fight through it more than anyone he, the, the Cowboys currently have. So I guess we miss them a lot, but not enough to where it's like they should have kept them sort of thing. Uh, but no, Pollard, I feel like they just have to give him help. They have to block better. They have to get him a, a role where he can do more and, and not, he's not a featured guide in my opinion. So I'm not, I'm not too critical of him. That's why I think a player like Dalvin cook is, it would be just fine. Um, khy double zero one i saw this this almost exact tweet from tom downey on sunday morning um a mind-blowing stat from pff tony pard had 46 of his 49 rushing yards come after contact a grand total of three rushing yards before contact so again i mean not totally tony pard's fault um i do want to kick this question around the group a i don't know if this is the um was it the villain in pretty little liars that was named a can anybody corroborate that tony you you nodded um okay talman are you a pretty little liars fan no, I would appreciate that, that, that someone. Sounds familiar though. That sounds right. Yeah, like the I think the like antagonist in the show who was like stirring up the drama was like would sign things as like A, and they were like, oh man, A is at it again. Um, so maybe that's that's who this is. Uh, stirring the pot a little bit here because Tony Catalina, the question, uh, Rudy says yes. By the way, so the steel trap, this brain of mine. <laughs> anyway, Tony, uh, the question: What grade would you give Deuce Vaughn's rookie season? Let's go letter grades in the spirit of A. I mean, I, can I? I don't really have a letter grade. I want to say incomplete, like needs more improvement. Like so I you just, failed. You literally failed the, the yeah. one question that we've been asked. He, he did as well. I mean, there really has been a, <laughs> this is a guy who, who went to class and didn't go enough times to, to, you know, pass to the next grade. Like he had too many absences. So it's like, it's tough to like really say, especially coming off of, you know, two rushes, you know, for two yards. And I think, <laughs> so, I mean, for me, it's, I, I don't, I think he passed in the sense of, what was the reality, like realistic expectations of this guy, right? Like of what he was and where he was drafted and what was expected of him. He did fine. Like, I mean, as far as, I mean, he wasn't what the fan base has built him up to be and that's not no fault of his own, but 
Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's incomplete to, you know, okay. Like first, I mean, maybe next year you'll have a better, you'll put on a little bit more mass. You won't get any taller, but at the same time, like maybe you'll have more production. How man? I'd have to give him a C just because, you know, relative to his expectations, I, I think how well he played in the preseason really like made us, made our expectations grow beyond what the realistic expectations were. I think that happened for the Cowboys coaches too, because in those first few weeks, you know, they, Mike McCarthy even said like, we have to get him, you know, get a package to feature him. And, and, you know, he clearly has shown Mike McCarthy has shown an ability to get some of those utility players a role. Like Kevontae Turpin has had significantly more touches than he did last year. Obviously, you know, the last couple of weeks hasn't been featured a whole lot. Um, maybe they're, you know, saving some of those plays for the playoffs, but, but he, he knew how to work with Kevontae Turpin, how to incorporate him into this offense. And I trust that he'll be able to figure that out with Deuce Vaughn later on too but you know those those last couple of games that he played in I mean he he was having significant struggles in pass protection that was one of the bigger concerns with him um and then just you know his his speed alone was not able to make up for some of the other problems that he was facing much of which again came down to the offensive line they weren't you know getting getting their blocks they weren't creating holes for any running back whether it's Deuce Vaughn or Tony Pollard to run through so I, I can't be too harsh on him just because you know, I, realistically, we shouldn't have expected a whole lot more than what has happened. But it is a little bit disappointing just because of in preseason, like we saw the potential that was there. But, you know, again, he, he's barely touching the ball even when he was playing. So it, it's like, you know, what exactly is he supposed to do at that point? Danny Phantom, um, I think you put it well in that we kind of like, even though we know better, you know, around preseason, we still, we let the, the moment and the story and everything kind of, you know, grip us and take us. So I imagine your grade is going to be of a failing capacity. It is. It's a simple one for me. And this is the thing that we talked about on our podcast in the off season that we were worried about too. And, it, and it's not his fault. I feel like he gets an F, but it's because he's, he's in advanced physics or something. And he just, right, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and it actually, it is physics actually that's, that's stopping him. It's just nothing that he, you know, he's just too small. And, you know, you look at that one time he got in space and as soon as somebody got in, in, in close to, I mean, he just, he stopped faster than Tony Pollard. He was stopped. It was just, he doesn't, I don't think that he's big enough and, or has the other, you got to be super quick or fast. Um, if you're going to be that small and, and, and making plays in this league. And I just don't think that, um, you know, he's, he's capable of doing it. Is it his fault? No, but um, yeah, I mean, here's the one thing that I found about this is he's, uh, he's the only running back that's had more than one carry that is averaging less than two yards per carry he, the, out of all of them. And so, I mean, he's just, I don't know what to do with them. And I, and I think the Cowboys, they, they made a bad decision this past week thinking he's going to be the, the change of pace guy to spell Pollard and it just didn't work. Um, all right. Well, sorry, Deuce. Um, we're still big fans, but you know, just not a good time right now. Um, okay. That takes us to kind of the meatiest question we have tonight. Uh, Tony, if I'm being honest, you inspired this question. Um, I don't know if anybody recalls, uh, but two years ago at this exact show, the round table entering week 18, we sat here and we said, who do we want to see the Cowboys face in the wild card round? Because we knew the Cowboys were locked into the three seed. They were going to Philly for that meaningless week 18 game. And Tony Catalina, 
the curse is on him, not not Jimmy Johnson, not anything like that. Tony said, I want the Niners. And he said it all smug like that. I mean, he like made a face and he was like, I want the Niners. They suck. They stink. Bring me Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not afraid of him. And ever since then, they've owned our favorite team. They live rent free in our minds because Tony decided it was a good idea to pee into the wind. Tony, do you regret that from two years ago? One million percent. I w- I couldn't have been more wrong. Like I have never been more wrong about anything in my life. And then I doubled down last year and said Purdy was no good. And I, I mean, I'm gonna stop um poking the 49ers bear here. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. But that being said, um, we can prefer one team. And let's be very clear: we're not meaning any disrespect. Tony learned his lesson. We're all gonna have learned it from him. Uh. The Cowboys, if they win on Sunday, are the two seed in the NFC playoff picture. They can play at home for two games, maybe even three, obviously, if they continue to win. Uh, But that being said, Danny, we will start with you. Which team do you most prefer to see play the Cowboys in the wild card round of the playoffs? Things can break a number of different ways, obviously. Uh, And you can answer this even and say, I prefer the Buccaneers. Uh, I prefer the Cowboys. Again, I don't know why anybody would do this, but uh, I prefer to see the Cowboys fall to the five seed and travel to place the Bucs or whatever the case may be. That is one possible opponent for the Cowboys. That's that's my point. All options are available and on the table to the three of you. That being said, Danny Phantom, who is the team you want to see? And actually, while you answer that, who's the team you want to see the least? Of the wild card options, obviously, yeah. San Francisco is, is on yeah. at the top of that list. Well, I want to first say that absolutely not. The, the, my least choice is the Bucks or the five seed. And anybody trying to rationalize that type of thinking, I don't <laughs> think is, is thinking things through clearly. Because, yeah, I mean, if you're just talking first round po- opponents, that's fine. But you know, we're we're thinking a little bit above that. And uh, so, of the of the more likely uh, opponents, and assuming you know we get the two. I think my choice is is going to be Green Bay, and the reason for when I, I kind of size these up with the with the main three um, candidates, and I kind of looked at like how good are they at running the ball, how good is their quarterback, and I started just kind of looking at those kind of things, and that's to me where I felt like Green Bay has the is the weakest group. Like the the team I don't want is the Rams, and I don't right. want the Rams because like the Rams with Kyron. Um, Williams have been just like really good. And if you look at how they've, since he's come back from injury, I mean, and they've been running over teams and their only loss since he's come back is to Baltimore. And that went in overtime and we know how good the Ravens have been. So everyone's talking about how they're worried about the Rams. That's, that's fair. I mean, I don't, and as far as matchup wise too, um, even though we beat them, it was without Kyron. And I think that would be different. And you look at the running game, and then with Stafford's a wild card, and they have some re- receiving weapons, so it's, they're the ones I fear the most. So you bring it back over a little more to um, the, uh, who's the worst, and I feel like I would like. I think that um, Jordan loves having a, a great uh, first year as quarterback, and he's doing a good job. And but I, I wouldn't. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to fear this guy in the playoffs. His first first year, go on the road, sort of thing. And Green Bay, to me, I feel is the weaker team overall. So I want to see the Packers. Uh, to your point, Danny, historically, you know, first year playoff quarterbacks, you know, that's the, if you have to make a bet on something, that's it. Um, a lot of people were chatting how the Rams are effectively locked into the sixth seed. Um, they're not literally, but uh, the Cowboys could still be the three seed. 
Um, if Detroit were to win and Dallas uh, were to either win, excuse me, if Detroit were to win and Dallas were to lose, but Philadelphia also lost, Dallas would take the division, but they would lose out on the two seed to the Lions. And as the Rams are most likely going to be the sixth seed, that's how the matchup in the wild card round could happen. Uh, Danny, uh, Hellman, we'll go next with you because we have to build up Tony's answer, obviously, based on how much he screwed us two years ago. Uh, so that being said, of all practical permutations, who do you want to see the most and least? Yeah, well, I mean, you were just going over all the all the wonky scenarios out there of like who could be here and who could be there. And I'm looking at all the different, you know, all the different alternate realities. And I'm just thinking, like, who do you have to throw a drink at to get the Panthers into the playoffs? Like that that would be the ideal situation. Um, but <laughs> of the realistic options, I, I agree with Danny. I do want to see Green Bay. Um, you know, Jordan Love, uh, I, I'm probably a little more scared of him than Danny is, but Again, with a quarterback being, you know, in his first playoff game, um, you know, playing against a, a defense that's, you know, really tough to play against, like the Cowboys. And Jordan Love has, even though he's been better lately, he has does have some of those uh, erratic qualities to his game. But more than anything, I look at that Green Bay defense and I'm like, Dak Prescott's going to eat that defense up. CeeDee Lamb's going to eat him up. Like that, that would just be, especially with it being at home, and we know how good this out this Cowboys offense can be in a AT and T Stadium and I just really like that matchup because even if your defense gets caught in a bad day and Jordan Love is feeling hot, I feel good about Dak Prescott against that defense going up and having to go toe to toe with Jordan Love. Um, so I, I want them the most probably. Um, plus there's the added narrative of Mike McCarthy getting to beat the Packers and, and move on. Um, as far as the, the team I least want to see, I, I'm tempted to again, agree with Danny and go with the Rams, but I think I kind of go, got to side with the Seahawks just because the Seahawks are, you know, we saw it a few weeks ago. Uh, they came into Dallas and they went toe to toe with the Cowboys. And, and, you know, they're just, they're one of those teams like Seahawks fans know they, they never play a normal game. Something crazy is always going to happen. They're always going to be in it. I think some of the things that they do offensively pose a challenge for this defense. Um, and, and they've got some guys on defense that on their defense that can, can make life difficult for the Cowboys on offense if, if they're playing well. So, just given the way that that matchup went the first time um, and knowing how good Pete Carroll has been historically in his career in the playoffs, I don't like that rematch. But again, uh, of the potential options for the Cowboys to host, none of them really scare me, but I think that's the closest one for me. Uh, Tony, for what it's worth, we saw some kind of comments in the chat uh, saying the Saints are, are the most preferred you know, outcome or playoff opponent. For the Cowboys in the, in the first round um, for what it's worth, if we're presuming the Cowboys to be the two seed, and I think we're all picking them to win on Sunday, which would make that the reality. There's only one world in which the saints are the seven seed. The, the most likely way that new Orleans gets in is as the NFC South winner. Um, and that would require a Buccaneers loss to the Panthers. Speaking of drinks, obviously being thrown in people's faces, Howman, great job. Um, so, I, I mean, just I think that's why I don't want to speak for Danny or Hammond. I think that's probably why they avoided the Saints, just because that's not really practical. It's not really possible. We're we're trying to deal in in as best or as high of likelihood as we possibly can at this point. Yeah, I mean, like we like it's been talked about on Twitter all week. You you love the idea of playing that four seed, right? Whoever wins that NFC South is the team you want to play. But you have bigger fish to fry. You want to be the two seed. You want the possibility to play the the home games as many as you possibly can with an actual chance to play in the NFC Championship game at home. So with that in mind, I'm with them. I think the the obvious answer for a team you don't want to play is the you know the Rams. But with them possibly you know locked in the sixth seed and, and the way it drops down of the realistic teams, you want to play the Packers. Like you said, the first 
the first year quarterback in the playoffs, they're a little banged up. Their defense can be had. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So I don't really have to reiterate too, too much of what they're saying. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where my line of thinking is with it. I'm right there with them. I'd rather play the Green Bay Packers in the first round. And the team, believe it or not, like you guys kind of alluded to a little bit was, I don't really want to play the Seahawks, right? They're going to con- they're going to be confident against the Cowboys, right? They they were up there hanging 30 plus points and Geno Smith looked like a rock star. DK Metcalf has their Deron Bland's number. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is comfortable in his home state. Like there's a lot of elements to that Seahawks team that, you know, put us our backs against the ropes. So I think that's probably the team I don't want to see. And it's not because I think they're like this juggernaut team or they're not beatable. It's just once you get a little bit of like hey, we don't have to be afraid of these guys. Like, we can beat this guy. Like, they didn't have Kenneth Walker last time. If he's healthy, it changes the element a little bit. So, um, you know, everybody you face is going to be a good team, and you're just going to have to roll with the punches a little bit. But I think I want to avoid the Seattle Seahawks if I can. By the way, I don't think we're making enough of the fact that uh, the two heroes and, you know, kind of allowing the Cowboys to potentially clinch the NFC East are DFW dudes in Jackson Smith and Jigba and Kyler Murray. They were the, you know, kind of most important role players in the you know most significant losses that the Eagles had that, again, allowed this reality to unfold. Um, speaking of things unfolding, this is where I've landed. And y'all can tell me if I'm, you know, just allowing the the moment to take me and sweep me away too much or if what I'm saying is fair. And it might be fair and terrifying at the same time. The take I've landed on is this is the best way that the Cowboys have entered the playoffs, maybe this century, but certainly in the Mike McCarthy era. Um, Tony, I know I gave you a hard time, but I don't think any of us view the 49ers the way we do now at this time two years ago. Is that fair to say? Like, we, like we've learned a lot, right? We've burnt yeah. our hand on the stove, right, when it comes to – and I don't think that's just the Cowboys. I think that's the league as a whole. So we had no idea. Do you all recall that the Niners – and I've, I've brought this up on a few shows already this week. The Niners won like seven straight games to get into the playoffs in 2021. That was crazy. And they beat the Rams, who would go on to win the Super Bowl, in a Week 18 game just to get in. And because they had the tiebreaker over Philly, it was the three-seeded Cowboys who had to deal with them in the first round. And again, we learned a very, very difficult lesson. And last year, if not for you know Daniel Jones and Brian Dable having like the game of their lives, the Vikings should have won that game, and that would have sent Dallas to Philadelphia in the divisional round. Not that we would have felt you know, great about those odds, but I think we would have much preferred to go even face last year's Eagles over the Niners based on recent history. We are guaranteed if the Cowboys obviously win their wildcard matchup to avoid the Niners until the title game at the very least. And if we all believe in the Rams as much as I think we all do, the Rams could possibly, I think I'll ask Danny the question. I think the Rams have the best chance, not that it's a great chance, but the best chance of going to San Francisco and upsetting them of all NFC playoff teams. Is that fair to say? It is. It's fair. I, I want to. I want to say the Eagles because I. I want to believe that they're. They're still that good Eagles team that could show up and and just get into a dogfight. And if they don't beat them, they wear them down. But I. I think you're right, RJ. I mean, the divisional teams. They know each other. They right. play each other tough. So I, I. I think you're. I think you're right there. I, I wanted to make one quick point about the Rams. I think we might have misspoke earlier. The Rams can get in the seventh seed. It's possible, um, but it's, yeah, it's a lower it's, likelihood it's actually, than anything else. Right? It's actually not that unlikely of it because all it would take would, it would be the Packers winning and the Rams losing. And we don't really know what's going to happen in that San Francisco Rams game. I mean, the Niners don't have anything to play for, but they also have two weeks off. So and the Niners are clearly the better team. So, I mean, I can see San Francisco still winning, you know, and having a better record and going out strong, beating the Rams, and then the Packers winning, beating the Bears. And that seems like that's actually not – too far-fetched so the Rams could fall into that seventh seed so I just want to you know make, well, make that- 
presuming they don't, while we all have our own set of scars relative to the Packers, granted, not necessarily associated with Jordan Love, I think we're all willing to to fight that fight and take on that challenge. And if we do, it's very probable that the Rams, who we're kind of afraid of, go to Detroit and beat them and then get to go to San Francisco. And then what, the Cowboys have to host the Eagles? Like, are we nervous about that? Like, I know we're nervous about like it going badly and having to eat that for a year, but like, are we actually nervous about that? And how sweet would it be to beat the Eagles of all teams to get past the division around for the first time in forever? I mean, like, that would be incredible at AT&T Stadium. And even if the Rams don't pull off the upset, like, you got to the NFC Championship game and anything can truly happen at that point in time. But, again, Howman, I, I might be, like, getting swept up here, but it does feel like this is the the rub of the green went the Cowboys' way this year in ways that it hasn't relative to the overall kind of weird bounces of the ball that tend to happen with regards to playoff seating. Yeah, and I'm sure it's just a coincidence that all these things started falling their way right after they brought <laughs> Jimmy Johnson into the Ring of Honor. Um, there, there's absolutely no correlation there. Um, but, I mean, yeah, th- this is very advantageous for them. Um, of course, not, you know, getting ahead of ourselves. They still have to beat the Commanders. You know, it, it's on the road, so you, you never know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's the Commanders. Um, so they're in a really good spot here. They suddenly control their destiny. and you know, being that number two seed really helps you out as far as your path through to the playoffs. Um, I, I I get where you're coming from with like the Rams being the team that, that can, you know, go up against the 49ers. I I look at that like history between, you know, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan doesn't really go Sean McVay's way. This isn't even his best team, even though they are impressive. Um, and, and for the record, I don't like any of these NFC teams in a matchup against the 49ers. I'm not putting money on any of them in that game, but if I had really, really absolutely had to pick one, I would go with the Lions just because they're kind of built similarly, you know, built out of the trenches on both sides. Um, and Dan Campbell's kind of that coach that, like, he tries to win on the margins so much to where, you know, maybe you get a couple lucky bounces here and there. Um, you know, and and also just for, for food for thought on that, like, 2021, his first year, his very first game with the Lions, they played the 49ers and – uh, it, you know, I mean, they lost, but they only lost by uh, eight points. It, it came down to the wire. And that was the, the 2021 season where they didn't win a game until the first week of December. Obviously, the Lions are much better. Granted, the 49ers are too. But Dan Campbell's already shown that he can get his team ready to, like, go blow for blow with the 49ers. And so, again, I'm not putting money on the Lions if they have to face the 49ers. But I wouldn't mind if that's a matchup that we get to see to where potentially then you get, a, you know, a rematch with – Cowboys Lions and of course all the drama that would lead to that and maybe they get Brad Allen to ref that game who knows what's going to happen there but um but that that's really what I would like to see the only um kind of detail to that is because the Lions can't fall below the three seed if we presume Dallas to be the two then if Detroit's going to San Francisco that means something terrible happened and that Dallas is, is no longer a part of the picture at least prior to the NFC championship game so um let's let's hope that Hellman's not manifesting something horrible here just you know so we're, we're very clear for the record uh Tony you are somebody that likes to believe in the romance of sports and likes to believe in the romance associated with the Cowboys again I don't I don't like mean to just whatever, but like it does feel like things broke their way finally for the first time in this like century. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I love being analytical. I love looking at the numbers, but sometimes like I look at the gut and I look at it, you know, the feeling of the things. And you're right. Like it's there's no rhyme or reason to feel that way. But for the ball to bounce the way it has, the the way this team has been like terrorized over the last quarter century, like it just feels good to see some things fall into place like Dak Prescott's a very easy guy to root for. This Cowboys team has a lot of likable guys. 
Michael Parsons, you know, there's a lot of dudes and a lot of elements and storylines that like, you know, you're going to look at me in the comments and be like, Tony, be quiet. Like it's nonsense, but you feel good about if you believe in destiny, you believe in things that can happen, you know, on a whim. Cause football is, I mean, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but it's not only do you have to be good, you have to be immensely lucky to win the Super Bowl too. Like things have to go right. Like why can't the luck and the ball bounce our way just one time, like in the last 30 years, please. Um, last question before we kind of wrap well, things do up. I get the answer? I thought you did. You no, actually went first in I, my mind. I, I, oh. I didn't get to talk about the magic. I just told, just want to clarify the Rams. Well, you poo pooed the magic. You were like, well, actually, yeah. the Rams could be the seventh seed and they could ruin all of our dreams and everything. So, like, I didn't know that you believed in magic at this point, Danny. Well, actually, I want to elaborate on, on that poo poo because, um, <laughs> here's the thing with, uh, I mean, you guys, I mean, this, this, I kind of feel a little bit worried because for the last oh, okay. couple of weeks, <laughs> Hey, you know what? I am who I am. Okay. For the, for the last two weeks, we've been worried about, gosh, I just wish we could avoid the 49ers. If somehow we can just get that easy route and it's all falling into place now. It feels like it's just too good to be true. I'm a little worried because you get this red hot Rams team coming in. And now keep in mind, you, RJ, you were talking about the red hot 49ers. You know, they come in there. They're like a couple years removed from being in the Super Bowl. Just like the Rams, you know, they went, they were bad the following year, and everyone's like, and then they're coming in, they're playing well. Now I start to think, like, wouldn't it just be terrible if the Cowboys finally get, you know, their, their division winners again, and they turned around just like they did in San Francisco, and they and they were upset and they were beat by a team. It would just take all the, all the, all the great things that we were thinking, all the magic would just go away. And it, and honestly, the way the Cowboys season has been, I just there's just a lot of stuff happening. It's just weird. The stuff's happening and. I mean, even this Lions game that that the Cowboys won to get in this position was just so weird. And and I don't know. I feel like sometimes the Cowboys just they get in their own way and they somehow just, you know, do some weird thing like they just run down the field and and and, and fall down and then try to spike it. You know, just weird stuff happens to this team. And I worry that it would it, as great as it is to be in the spot, it would be terrible to to go in there and lose in a wild card wild card round to the seven seed Rams. Uh, well, that's why I think the the most optimum scenario is Packers at seven seed, Rams at six seed, uh, because if you do believe in the Rams as an upset candidate, that would send them to San Francisco. And if we acknowledge that the teams we're most fearful of are the 49ers and the Rams, if they're playing one another, the Cowboys would only have to play one of them as opposed to both of them potentially. So, Well, they could um, play them on wild card weekend is what I'm saying. No, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. The most optimum scenario is, is uh, presuming Dallas is two, Green Bay is seven and L.A. is six. And then that's. That's it. That's the ball game. That's what I'm saying. And then Dallas wins. L.A. wins. Dallas hosts Philadelphia or Tampa, and L.A. goes to San Francisco. Boom. That's Yahtzee. Anyway, uh, last question, uh, but it's kind of a good one, and I hope it is. I decided to ask it. Uh, Pro Bowl rosters, we believe, are announced on Wednesday evening, so I don't know, about 22-ish hours from this exact moment in time. Uh, the question is, what non-obvious Cowboys player will make the Pro Bowl? To be clear, you are trying to predict someone who will actually make the Pro Bowl. To be clear, we don't need to hear Dak Prescott. We don't need to hear C.D. Lamb. We're looking for a little bit more off the wall. Not that, again, we want you to make up one that you don't believe in, but I hope that the premise is obvious. Um, does everybody understand the rules? Yeah, well, you need to take one more player off the board before we start this. Uh, Zach Martin. Actually, I mean, two, two, No, two more. You need to take Michael Mike Parsons. off, yeah, and you okay. need to take, take, take one more. Until you say his name, I'm not going to start. Tyron Smith. No, keep going. If you're if Brandon Aubrey has reached like obvious status, then I'm he fine has. with that. He oh, has. Okay, okay, I'm fine with that. Well, right. you're, you're, 
Look, Tony Howman, Danny's the one wrecking this, you know, wrecking y'all's answers. Yeah, yeah we just took all the players <laughs> off the board. So, uh, you know, just heads up. Uh, but that, you're Danny, gone. you're going to have to go last now because no repeat answers are allowed here this evening. Uh, an update on the score. Remember, double points. Tony, 150. Howman, 154. Danny in the lead. Maybe that's why he's kind of pounding his chest a little bit here. Uh, Howman, you can go first. What non-obvious Cowboys player make the Pro Bowl? I'm going to go with long snapper Trent Seed. And uh, you know, really, like this, this is one of those positions where, like, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> How's that cheating? Oh, that's a great. That's this. It's over. He won. Yeah. That's no, it. I mean, but like, when when people go and vote on the Pro Bowl, like, you know, you go through the positions, and you know, all, almost all of them, like, you know who you're voting for before you get there, and then when you get to long snapper, like, you look at the list, and you're just like. Uh, just let, who, who who's on the good team and the Cowboys right. are, are a really good team and everybody knows about Brandon Aubrey and his story and obviously Did you guys you know, know he went to Notre Dame was an MLS draft pick y'all ever heard yeah. that before okay he played soccer like what's not to love and and guess who helps him be that great is the long snapper so yeah sure you know voters are gonna be like yeah you know he, he must be doing something right okay so your answer to be clear is Trent Seed yeah it's it's the right answer but the wrong reasoning Wow. <laughs> Goodness. I love I love the contentiousness that's that's brewing here. Uh Tony, good luck coming up with an answer that Danny Phantom approves of. Sure. Um, let me give it my best shot here. Uh I'm gonna say Osa Odigizua. I think Osa in the middle, he's he's the quiet, unsung guy. Like I feel like his the national attention's growing a little bit. Like once you get like a baldy breakdown and and people are starting to talk about you in that light, things start to change. And you know, what does he got? I'm looking it up right now, so I'm cheating. I apologize. But you got 31 tackles, you got three sacks. Um, he and he has a, actually a, a PFF grade of 82.3. So he's playing really well, and it's a non-glamorous position. Um, I don't think he's made as much noise in the run game as like Demarcus Lawrence has in the last couple of weeks because he just like people seem to forget that Demarcus Lawrence is. And if, if I'm taking Danny's answer, my bad. But, you know, for him to be able to play the way he does um, in an unsung position, a guy who kind of dedicated, really getting the work. You hear a lot of stories about how he played or kind of trained this offseason, took over, you know, kind of Aaron Donald type of situation. Um, but I think it's also a diggy zoo. He's probably somebody that's like, I think people are going to be like, yeah, duh. And there's going to be some people that go, oh, yeah. So I think it's the perfect answer when you get a mix of those two. He thinks it's the perfect answer, Danny. So your answer sucks, Howman, according to Tony. Uh, no, I mean, it is the perfect answer, but for the wrong reason. Oh, <laughs> Danny, uh, what is your answer, and why was Trent Sieg uh, the right answer for the wrong reason? First off, I like Tony's answer. I think it was a great answer. I, I think his re- I think his reasons are great. I actually think it's the wrong answer. Um, I don't I don't think Osa gets in, but I definitely think he's certainly deserving. He's he's on the fringe. Uh, so. You know, good choice there. But um, so here's the thing: there's a few players that I that I kind of are on the list. I, I want to me- just mention, like, I think I, I think Duran Bland's probably a obvious one because of the season he's having. I'm not yeah, picking we're him. All, I we're think all there, right. he might be probably the worst player on the is, Pro Bowl team. In is my he opinion. an All Pro? Like to, to take the conversation once? I think he has to make the All Pro. Team. I, I, I First think he's All Pro. I, I do, but it's going to be very weird because, I mean, I just I think it's just more on on just what he's accomplished versus actually you know, his, his skill level uh, personally. So, but, so I think he makes it too. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Brian Inger. And I think that Inger is going to join. I think it's going to be a hat trick of those three. And I think in the, in the long snapper follows the kicker, if I'm not mistaken, I do remember, I feel like the long snapper went when, uh, when Dan Bailey went. Um, so I, I think LP that's how that, the goat. 
I think, yeah, I think, yeah, LP. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I think that the, I think Brian Inger's having a Pro Bowl season. We don't talk about him a whole lot because just he's not, there's not a lot to talk about. But as far as if you look at the way he, you know, his average, you know, punts, and uh, I, I think that he's having a Pro Bowl season. So I think he'll, he might be one of those surprise uh, ones that sneak in and the, and the whole special team guy, all three of them will end up uh, being making the Pro Bowl. Um, so the best answer that I've seen so far actually comes from the chat. Colby said Gilmore question mark. Steve A said maybe Gilmore. I think that Tony, I liked your reasoning of having the Baldy breakdown. Like the Pro Bowl is not the all pro team. Like the Pro Bowl, you gotta have some level of popularity. You gotta have gone viral a couple of times on the internet. You generally gotta be a household name. I could totally see Stefan Gilmore, household name, place for a marquee franchise, has had some big time moments. I mean, people to everyone's point just kind of look at the ballot and say, Oh, Stefan Gilmore, he's good, whatever. Um, so Stefan Gilmore was the best answer. Brian Anger's been a pro bowler before. Uh, Danny, so not exactly a unique answer, not exactly non-obvious, I guess, in that sense. Um, Osa Digizua is a strong answer, Tony. I really so I have like- a question. There's, there's a player we haven't mentioned that I, I don't know if he qualifies as obvious that might be the right answer if he if he hasn't been brought up. I, I, I think that Demarcus Lawrence is going to make the Pro Bowl. Um, I don't, does anybody think that that's not going to happen? I, I thought that's who you were going to pick. So, like, when I brought him up, that was, like, my bad. But, yeah, no, I think he deserves a nod. I don't think he gets nearly the – I think everyone agrees that he doesn't get as much respect as he probably should. Yeah, I don't think it happens, but just because there's there's so many other edge players out there that have been having yeah. great seasons that he's, he's going to get left out, but it's going to be like – there'll be so many edge players that do get left out that could very easily have gotten a Pro Bowl yeah. and, and just don't. I'm going to cheat uh, for my answer in a couple of ways um, because you got to play the game. Like I'm, I'm changing the answer. Actually, it's not necessarily who will be voted to the pro bowl as much as who is going to go to the pro bowl on behalf of the Cowboys. Um, because it's a process where, you know, there's a lot of alternates, a lot of players, you know, choose not to go. A lot of players are hurt. Um, and again, going off of like ha- being a household name, having some star power behind your name, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to go really bold here, and I think Brandon Cooks plays in the Pro Bowl. I don't think he gets voted originally, but I could I could totally see, like, Jamar Chase not going, Justin Jefferson not going, right? Like, we're getting really down, down, down the list and wide receivers. Keep, keep and going. So all of us keep are, going. Yeah. I, well, I mean, look, the, the general point is understood. And then it's like, oh, Brandon Cooks, really awesome player, really good, big name on a good team. I could totally see Brandon Cooks picking up a Pro Bowl or not. Tony, you were nodding. I feel like you agree with he, the logic. He's, he's were, never he's <laughs> never made the Pro Bowl and had, he's had great seasons, never made it. And then this yeah. season would He's be never the played Bowl. for the Cowboys. That changes it, the dynamic significantly. It's crazy. I mean, that's, that's super non-obvious, Artie. I'll give you that. <laughs> Would it feel like a Tyler Huntley situation? I mean, exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like weirder things have happened to that to that point. Right. You got to play the a game. Backup and understand quarterback what the goes to the Pro Bowl. That's crazy. Mm. A backup pro, a backup quarterback in the Pro Bowl is so funny to me. But I digress. That's why Lamar Jackson played so well this year. Is that dude looking over his shoulder was a Pro Bowl? <laughs> hey, Cowboys have sent two backup running backs to the Pro Bowl. So, I mean, um, a lot of people and Ed Weaver just said, I can see Ferguson sneaking in too. Do we feel like it'd be sneaking? I feel like it'd be like Kool-Aid man breaking through the wall. Like not exactly sneaking, <laughs> you know? Oh, I think it'd be sneaking. I mean, I'm trying to think of who. The how, NFC... how many NFC tight ends are better? Well, than... Laporta, right? Uh, how many would say George Laporta. Kittle. George, right, George Kittle. Yeah. Um, who else? People uh, are going to talk about it. Dallas got, got it. Goddard? I mean, people, Dallas Goddard will get some votes. I mean, people, people want people. Pitts. 
That would be hilarious. <laughs> you, shouldn't, you shouldn't kill Stalin. But he'll get uh, him. Yeah. I mean, Ferguson's got a strong chance, I think. You know, you got RJ. Do you remember when you gave me a little a little BS when I said he was the best worst player we, or the worst best player we had? You remember but that before the season started? With the Ferguson take <laughs> was always this. And I don't mean to paint you as this person, Tony. Mm-hmm. I think that people often confuse their wants for their beliefs. And so there was a lot of like, I don't know, guys, I think I think Jake Ferguson is going to really be something in 2023. That wound up happening, to be very clear. <laughs> but it was born for a lot of people out of want and ambition more than it was actual reasoning. The sample size of production from him as a rookie was microscopic. Like there, there wasn't NFL data to suggest or imply the sample size wasn't even legitimate enough to, to come to a reasonable conclusion. It was all pure want and gumption. That is the take. For people who don't know, I got this answer because I literally said he was the the worst best player. All I said was he was like a good player, but he was the worst of the good players. And I was like, oh, no way. He's not. No way. So, all right. Look, we've had worse takes around <laughs> here. Like, Leighton Vander not going to be I'd on the three-man <laughs> roster. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who so, said that. but it was um, Mike McCarthy's not a good play caller, right? Like, those things have been said by other people on this round. <laughs> Terrible <Okay. laughs> Yeah. Um, well, but, yeah. Let, like, let, let me just get out ahead, yeah. ahead of next year and say, like, I, I don't know. I feel like Deuce Vaughn next year could hit a 1,000. <laughs> See, like – Okay, the Deuce Vaughn thing is a great example of my, like, take. That's, like, he was an example of, like, a lot of people, like, I don't know. I, I really think that this Deuce Vaughn guy has something because they've watched five minutes of YouTube highlights. Like, that's what Jake Ferguson was. And again, I don't mean to reduce him to that. Like, he's been an amazing player, and he should be a pro bowler. But that happens all too often, is my point. So Fair enough. Uh, I, I think I think Ferguson, uh, I don't know if I agree with this. I think Ferguson had a had a reasonable chance to to be a, a valuable player similar to what he's doing simply because, I mean, we all knew Dalton Schultz wasn't the star athlete and he was just going to fit into the system that that's the way they use tight ends. And I mean, he's, he's doing it seamlessly to me. So I, I don't know. I'm not too surprised with what's happening with, with Fergie. Um, Tony, you can wrap up the Ferguson point because you took us down this stupid rabbit hole. Listen, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, yeah, it's it. He, the, I, I actually agree with Danny, and that was kind of my point when I made the original point. Was like, I don't think Dalton Schultz's numbers were like gaudy. Like, so to think that that Jake Ferguson could step in and and duplicate what he did really didn't seem that far fetched to me. So I was already of the mind that this guy was as talented, you know, if not more talented than Dalton Schultz could do all similar things, and he was more athletic with a little bit more wiggle and yards after the catch. Um, so, like, for me, it wasn't as far as a leap as some people have thought to think that he may be playing at this level. And obviously, um, the, the the fruits of labor are working out, and I think he's turning into be one of the, the better guys in the league. All right, whatever. Y'all were all wrong and dumb and stupid. And Anyway, um, all right. So here's our tally at the moment. Danny Phantom, 206 points. Tony Catalina, 202. Howman, 200. Tony Howman, you were both absent last week. Danny Phantom was here. It was a great time. We did a very special thing at the end of it. Did either of you, Tony or Howman, watch or listen to the roundtable last week? Unfortunately, I was not able to. Wow. Wow. Danny, are your feelings hurt? Because mine are. I'm trying. Can you refresh me what happened? I'm trying. To- uh, <laughs> so, um, so what we did was a random draw at the very end that ultimately impacted the way things yeah. went. So that's, oh, that's what we're going to do tonight. I have three sheets of paper 
that I have written down on. Uh, what numbered one, two, and three. And on the back, on the back side of each piece of paper is a number. Um, and you're going to each pick one of these pieces of paper and you're going to get the number that's on the back. Again, we're going to add those points to your total. This is uh, not these points aren't double. We're just going to add these points as they stand uh, numerically. So they're numbered one, two, and three. Danny Phantom, you have the most points at the moment. So you get first choice. Do you want number one, two, or three? Here are your options. Here's one. Yeah, I, I, you don't have to. I know what numbers okay. are. All right. Um, oh, by the way, very quickly, I missed a super chat uh, from Brian. He said Marquis Bell is my sneaky Pro Bowl nominee. Well, that would I wonder, be fun. What would Brian pick, I wonder? If, if he had to pick, I wonder what he would pick. Um, what are you going to pick, Danny? You're up. One, two, or three. I think, let's see. Last week I messed up. I tried to get inside RJ's head. And uh, so he's definitely going to throw me a, a curveball again. I wish he would stop making me pick. Um, I am going to, since Brian, since the Stalin's not working the hell, I would pick three. He's, he said three is my favorite number. That's a Brian There you go. Said. There you go. Okay. Three. Okay. So for, you're going to go with th- Brandon Cooks. Uh, you're going to go <laughs> number three right there. That's yours, uh, Danny Phantom. Uh, Tony, you have the second most points, so you get to pick between one and two. Uh, give me two for Jordan Lewis. Two for Jordan Lewis, who a lot of people wanted to be, um, you know, Deuce Vaughn, obviously. Danny's boy. <laughs> so, uh, Halman, that leaves you with number one. Um, no choice, but are you feeling good about it? You know, I, I feel I feel great about it. That's J. Ron Curse's number, and he's a baller, so I, I'll ride with that. All right, number three here, Danny Phantom. Um, I got this... Uh, this sheet of paper from my cousin says dad's notes. So I'm putting it to very good use, obviously. Uh, number three, Danny Phantom, 54 points. We're adding that to your total. So uh, solid um, effort. So Danny, that takes you all the way up to 260. You were sitting at 206. That's the way that math works. So that's where we are. Tony Catalina, you had number two. All right. On the back there, 32 Damn. points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of drama here. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Tony Catalina up to 34. So, Howman, you're sitting at 200. You need 61 points to win. You have number one. How many points do you think are on here, Howman? I mean, it's got to be 61, right? <laughs> uh, Danny, how many do you think are on here? These ranges are very weird. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel have like you ever seen a game show? They're supposed to be a, a, a you know variable of random randomization. Oh yeah. my goodness, man! Tony, how many get... points do you think are on this piece of paper? Fifty-nine. This is sheet number one. There are eight points. <laughs> <laughs> Anticlimactic. Uh, uh, so how many? Where do you come up with these numbers? You finish with two hundred and eight. Uh, not enough to get it done. Obviously, that means tonight's roundtable winner is Danny Brian with the assist. Who told you to take number three? That was the difference in it. Congratulations, uh, Danny. How are you feeling as a result of tonight's roundtable win? I feel good because I don't. Th- I feel like this. This was weird. Ineligible. Uh, pick the number game did not have any impact over the um, the outcome. So I think everything stayed the same um, as the luck of the draw had it. So I'm thankful for that Brian got in just quickly enough that you know I was trying to stall for him to give me that number. Uh, so for sure. Uh, I'm, uh, I feel great. It's almost like the, how I felt when the Eagles lost. Uh, Danny, by the way, David notes that you won it without the numbers. So there was nothing funny about this. Like it was an authentic win. You earned it. Congratulations uh, to you. Uh, Tony, Lonely Catman said this is like in Harry Potter Quidditch. Do you know what that is, Tony? Kind of. <laughs> how do you kind of know? I would love to hear the explanation as far as how you kind of know what this is. 
Isn't it like I mean I know it's a game within the movie, but I don't. I mean it, okay, I couldn't get you to it's explain. Not, it's not a movie. It's a book series. It's a whole universe. It's more than a movie. Yeah. Uh, to be very Fair clear, enough. it's it's not just a game. It's the game. There's a Quidditch World Cup. I mean, like you know, Tony, come on. <laughs> I've seen people try to play Quidditch like in real life. Like so, that's that's an interesting um, dynamic there. Um, Howman. Do you have any passionate thoughts on Quidditch or Danny's win or the fact that you only got eight points from your special sheet of paper? Well, you know, I, I was actually for like a full week, I was on the Quidditch team in college. So there, there's something. I, I do position? want to say that I, I, they never let me play. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's why Sorry. it was only for a week. I, I did okay. want to point out, though, Danny was saying the, the numbers game thing was like ineligible. I'm not sure it reported, though. Wow! <laughs> yeah, he tried yeah. to. I, I want to quit. RJ took three numbers, right went up to the ref, yeah, and he tried was, to ruin his chest. Wow! Yeah, that's great. Um, I didn't. Did I have sixty-eight on here? That would have been funny. I should have done that. I should have yeah. gone uh, Decker, Sewell, and uh, Dan Scooper. You know, that would have been the, the move there. Um, but I want to. Yeah, I feel like they should be a little closer, RJ. It's. It's Why? It's weird. it's a risk. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's, there has to be, you know, there's there's a price to pay. You got to pick the right sheet, Danny. I mean, well, it, it oh, I wish we could all get gold medals. Like, that's what you minutes said. Of the show. <laughs> I mean, Does anybody remember know. when Dan Skipper was here when he was in Dallas? Do you remember that? I, I interviewed him. I remember that very well. Yeah, that's yeah. In, in the blog and the boys, um, I think, um, history books. So good, good, time. good for him because he, like, kind of disappeared and went to Detroit. He's, he's the perfect Dan Campbell player. Like he, like Dan Campbell is the, the perfect <laughs> coach for Dan Skipper. Uh, wow. Um, let's see. David says quality and the show Detroit slams. All right. Uh, <laughs> Tony, you did not get last, but um, you're going to have to finish this show out for us. And what we would like you to do, we would like everybody to hit the like button though, as what's some notes, Tony, we would like you to tell us who your favorite Quidditch team is and why. Mm. I couldn't even possibly begin to even tell you. And I don't even know how to spell Quidditch. If only it had so been I, in the chat on the screen that we're all looking at right now. That would have been a helpful hmm. thing. Give me a name in the chat. Because <laughs> I have no idea. No, you have to pick a favorite team. Not a favorite player. Who's your favorite team and why? You have to tell us why that is your favorite team. Man. You can do this. I genuinely don't know. I, you I can mean, do this, I Tony. You can. How could I? Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> that's your favorite team. And, that's uh, his favorite. Yeah. There you go. And, that's and why? Team. Give it give us a why. He's not gonna hit me with the man you, so I know that's real. <laughs> give us Ravenclaw. a why. Tell the us why is because because they're like they're like the cowboys of the nineties, you know? <laughs> they just keep winning. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals 
wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.